Welcome, Black Tribers. 2021 first podcast of the year. Hey, man, I'm excited. I'm going solo today. Lisa is on coaching calls, actually. And uh, I wanted to get this message out. I, I promised on uh, my Truth Talk Tuesday, been talking to a lot of people. I just want to talk a little bit about where our nation is and what I feel like uh, the Father, what, what God's wanting to do, and what we need to do as generations. It's a multi-generational movement. Hey, look, I am in New Horizon Foundation Studio. It's literally a couple minutes from our apartment here in Colorado Springs. This is where Lisa and I raise our support. As you know, we live on support. People give to us monthly so that we can kind of embrace and dig into the generation and press into G42, press into adventures and missions in the world race and all the stuff that we're doing, all of our podcasts, all of that. And, uh, and this is where we do that. So we opened up a foundation in our son Michael's name uh, in 2013 when we lost him. And we've been raising money in that foundation ever since. And it's kind of how we do life. And so I'm pretty excited um, to be here and to be uh, in these offices. And we're going to start doing stuff from here. So let me dive, let me dive right in. I, um, I want to start by just thanking all of my liberal friends, all of my conservative friends and my independent friends that all were in D.C. this past week when everything kind of erupted. You guys went, you prayed, you fasted, you didn't break into the Capitol building. You, you did what the body of Christ, us as Christians, uh, and if you're not a Christian, I want to talk to that as well. That's awesome. Um, are supposed to do what actually the Bible tells us to do. And what we're seeing right now, especially in the media, especially in the news, we're seeing a lot uh, of the antithesis of that, the opposite of that. And I want to address that because it's it's toxic. It is not what uh, we are to do as just business people, as corporate people, and as Christians. I'm a recovering evangelical, as all of you know. Um, I love the bride of Christ. I love the church. And the Father is ripping the bandage off of the past 50, 100 years of what we've missed. And we're watching that unfold right in front of us. Um, of things that are happening right now, like literally right now, a second impeachment of our president, uh, this new president coming in and his vice president who has a whole other different agenda. And I want to I want to address what what address what's happened with the boomers and Xers, what's happening in the millennials as they're aggressively going to and toward liberalism, communism, probably more is more like it. Uh, Generation Z, who's leaving the church by the droves and saying, guys, we're kind of sick of all of this. And we just want vulnerability. We want truth. We want reality. And so let's let's start there. I've got some really good scriptures for my um, for my Patreon people who are watching this on video. Got a cool white background and a whole setup here. Um, you just get me today. Sorry, Lisa's not here. She's definitely the better one to look at. Um, but I, I love that, that, that you're following here. Patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. For our regular podcasts, come out on Friday. Uh, you can find it on our website, GaryandLisaBlack.com. We're going to be doing a lot more detail and intel um, as we move forward this year. Maybe a couple of, a month, maybe more. We'll see how that goes. So let's jump in. I felt like uh, I heard really clearly in prayer that fear and narcissism are the two spirits at work right now in America. It's true around the globe. 
especially living in Europe, living in Africa like we have, uh, you're going to see this everywhere. And you're going to see the fallout of that. The advantage of living in Europe is what America's kind of coming into. We got to see the fallout of that in Europe, the, the fallout of socialism, the fallout of communism, and how many of those people want to go back to that. Because what we as human beings, when we don't walk in faith, when we don't walk uh, like Jesus asked us to walk, and we'll talk about that, we are always going to fight to get to comfortability. We're always going to fight and go back to fear. It's just the way that we operate. And, and what God is asking us to do is kind of step aside and out of that and replace a fear with faith. Now, there's healthy fear. Let me just say, when you, you know, I'm teaching my, my baby to not walk or crawl into the street. Uh, and I want her to be, she to be, her, him to be afraid of that. That's a healthy fear. Fear, what I'm talking about, the, the unhealthy side of fear is an abomination. Uh, when you look at the, what the word means in the Greek, it literally is an abomination. And what's happening on our planet, specifically in America right now, is an abomination. It roots back to the boomer generation. So those that are in their 60s, right? Late 50s, 60s, 70s, they were never discipled. And again, I'm talking in generals. I know that there's been people that have been discipled. I know there's great people everywhere. I, like I said, I love the bride of Christ. I know the, the body is amazing and in pockets. In general, as a whole, the church has missed a major factor, and it's called discipleship. We have not discipled, trained, um, gotten into the lives with other people. So when I say yes to being a Christian, Okay. When I just say, yes, it's not, you don't have to do anything else. All you have to have is a yes in your heart. It's not some big long prayer you need to pray. It's not some huge lifestyle that you need to change right away. The best way to visit, to, to, to view it is I've got all this stuff in my life, depression and pornography and whatever it is. And I'm just carrying this heavy load of stuff. And I finally get to the end of that. And I say, Father, I just want to serve your son. I want to know what that means. I want to know what that looks like. I say, yes, that doesn't take away all these things. My life is definitely not going to be easier or perfect from that moment. It gets actually even harder because now you have an enemy, the true enemy, that even comes and adds more pressure. Now, there's nothing to be afraid of because the father's already defeated the, the enemy. And I get to walk in that hope. I get to walk in that victory. I get to walk in all of those things. But what happened was the church stopped discipling. The church started making everything about me. Businesses, corporations in the world start making everything about how much money can I make? How much stuff can I get? So this, this spirit has taken over the world. It's taken over the church. We've just followed. What the church does is it abdicated its role in serving the poor, the widow, the orphan. James one twenty seven. it says really clear, the only pure religion is when you're serving widows and orphans. But what we decided to do as a church is to big, big, build big buildings, right? Make everything about this charismatic person, usually a man, up on the stage that we go listen to for an hour a week, and we feel good. Wow, that was a great message. Man, that was an incredible worship service. And we leave because it's lunch and we got to get to lunch and thank God the restaurants are semi back open now so that we can go to lunch. And that's kind of what church has become in America. For I'm just sorry to say it. It's just the truth. Our big foggy worship services, long drawn out songs, 
that feed our soul, but our spirits doesn't come alive. We're not transformed by it. A really good message on a Sunday morning by a very charismatic, awesome person. And I leave and wow, that was a good message. And I just keep moving on with my life. I'm in the business world and I'm building my company. And I've had a few business guys say this to me. They hate my teaching on the second half of life. And it's not just my teaching, Richard or different people have brought this on that we, the only way we're successful in the second half of life is by making others successful. I don't need success because all it does is streak my stroke, my ego. I want to make sure and make everyone else around me successful. That's what second half of life people do. What they don't like about that is that competitive juice. I've had a, I've had a businessman say to me, and I, I, I hate that because I, I have to wake up every morning on, I've got to switch it on. I've got to be competitive. Well, if that's how you're living guys, you're living an empty life. Again, it's why the 50 year old men are killing themselves like crazy right now because they build all these boxes and all these containers and they get to that place and there's nothing left. Their kids don't like them. Their marriage isn't that great. And, and look, if, if you're looking for a really good marriage, don't look for people who've just been married a long time. Look who, for people who are dancing together and dancing in the rain together and, and going out to nature together and living life together, exploring life together and, and creating health in their marriage. But the boomers were never discipled. The church just stopped discipleship. It's a huge vacuum right now. And so they didn't disciple. So now you've got extras like me and now you've got millennials and all we've ever known is let's go for the big thing. We told a generation, I told a generation in the nineties, you can do anything you want. You can be anybody you want. You could take the world and guys, that's simply not true. I've had to repent of saying that's a lie. It's not true. Life is not about you. It's not about you. The Western church, the Western society has made it all about me. Everything's about me. Eastern church, Eastern society, it was all about us. It was about community. When you're reading the Bible, if you're not reading it from that space, if you're reading it from a narcissistic space, you try to make it all about you. Like we've done with salvation. We've made salvation this moralistic, personal thing instead of a whole us community thing that we're going to make sure everybody's thriving and everybody's doing well, kind of like they did with the Acts 2 church. Right. There was no one in need because they lived in the fear of the Lord. Number one, which you need to listen to that on my podcast. If you haven't, what is the fear of the Lord? And then number two, they didn't live for themselves. They lived for everybody else. What we witnessed in D.C. this past week was a whole bunch of narcissistic, fearful people showing up to get their way. Guided by a man who's full of ego, guided by a man who's broken like he should be guided by a man who probably in his position has done some amazing, incredible things. And he's done some terrible, horrible things. And it's created this atmosphere because the church has made politics their God. People have made politics their God. We've abdicated our role. We gave the role of who, what we're supposed to do to the government. And we've said, you do it. And we've sat back and got fat and happy in our companies and in our churches. And we've been too fat and happy for too long. And what the father's doing is he's going, nope, I'm going to rip this open wide. It's going to be ugly because anytime God's accelerating something like he's doing right now on the planet, he's accelerating, not to get us to tribulation. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but he's accelerating things right now. So because he wants his bride, his, the church to come back to not being this egotistical, narcissistic, fear-based 
entity, institution to this low level, hidden at times on the streets, serving one another, loving one another really, really well by living through our hearts, not in our heads. Okay. So what's happened is what we witnessed is a bunch of boomers and Xers and some millennials that have never been discipled, have never been the truth, told the truth about what the gospel really is. They've been told a lie. We've told them it's a fear-based, get a ticket out of hell and a ticket into heaven. And that's why you get saved. It's simply not true. It's a wonderful benefit that when I say yes to Jesus, that my sins are forgiven and I get to spend eternity. And what Jesus says eternity is, go look it up. Okay. What does he say eternity is? He says eternity is that you know my father. So all eternity is, is that I get to know the father and I just get to do what he does. So Jesus does what the father does, does at, at all times. And I get to do what Jesus did at all times. And I got to know what context and who he was talking to when he was saying things and not just assume because somebody told me this at the end of this thing, there's this horrible thousand year millennial and this big tribulation. And Jesus is going to come down and kill the Muslims and all this false scripture that we've, we conjured up from the 1870s is about when that hit, hit uh, mainstream. And before that, we didn't believe any of these things. We, we believed in the us, the Eastern gospel. We believe that Jesus came to conquer death and he wants to show us how to do the same thing. It's what Andrew always says, right? Jesus, we get for free. I just get to say yes and I get him. Christ will cost you everything. If you're not living so passionately because this thing is so awesome and your heart's been so transformed, I understand why the things that are happening are happening. So millennials have looked at this and they looked at all these boomers who live for themselves and it created another huge vacuum, continued vacuum of fatherlessness. So we have no fathers, 70% of black American homes have no dad, 60 some percent, I think it's 66 of Hispanic, 50 some percent of, of Caucasian. There's no dads. Dads have bailed. They live for themselves. They leave when it gets hard, right? So it's created this huge vacuum, no discipleship. No truth talk telling, no real hard conversations. Nobody likes to confront. Everybody's just, and then everybody just lashes out at one another. Good confrontation always leads to intimacy if you're discipled in it and trained in it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. So this vacuum happens, right? These boomers hit DC the other day out of fear and narcissism. That's it. If they had what Jesus taught was the gospel. Right. I conquered death. I can conquer anything. Politics is not my God. In fact, Jesus said it really clear. Pay Caesar with Caesar and go go on that you're not of this world. You're of a different world, but you're in it. So love people really well while you're here. And this becomes heaven, by the way. Again, we're not going to get into all the theology, but it's really clear in Scripture. Right. Instead, what we have discipled or what we've given or imparted is fear based, narcissism based. Oh my God, I've got to get to comfortability somehow. I got to fix this somehow. And all of a sudden it turns into and escalates into something that I didn't want it to. And we get what we got last week and we get what we get in politics and we get what we get on social media. My God, people grow up, please. The nastiness, the bitterness, the anger against one another is just feeding into the hands of what the enemy wants to do. We have a real enemy. Okay. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The way that the enemy works is he can get us distracted off of what we're really supposed to be doing, and then he divides. 
that a house divided against itself cannot, will not stand. So he's divided now America, blacks, whites, blacks and blacks, whites and whites, Democrat, Republican, all of the division flying everywhere. Black Lives Matter is an incredible movement. It needed to happen because blacks, black lives really matter. It's just the motivation behind it is really off, really evil. If you study these people behind and what their real agenda is, uh, what's happening in, 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 in the White House right now and turning the power over needs to happen. But the way that it's happening is creating so much animosity and anger and destruction led by broken people that are supposed to be broken in a sense. Now, I believe, and I'm going to read you a few scriptures here, that God puts everybody, everyone into those positions of leadership. He wants to use that to get to get us as the body of Christ, as people, to a place of health, wholeness, transformation. See, we don't need another revival. Revivals go away. The only revival that outlasted a generation was the Moravians for 100 years. That's gone. We don't even need reformation. We need transformation. We need transformed hearts that have spent time with other people that have been transformed and they're discipled. As soon as I say yes to being a Christian, I should start discipling somebody and I should always make sure that I'm always being discipled. They, they call you want a Paul in your life, you want a Timothy in your life, and you want a Barnabas in your life. You want somebody older that's pulling you up, calling you on your crap, bringing truth and love. You want uh, somebody right with you that you're doing community and life and you're in accountability with and you're just... You're sharpening one another shoulder to shoulder, back to back. And you always want a Timothy. You always want a younger person that you're pulling up into truth and into life. Not trying to fix them, not trying to tell them what they've done wrong, but just loving them and serving them by telling them the truth in love. If you're not doing that, if you're not in that kind of triune flow, you get bored. You get angry. You start looking at too much social media. And by the way, so I don't forget to say this, turn the media off. Fox, CNN, all of it. It's it is miserable and it is horrible. I was I've been watching uh, ABC and NBC lately. Uh, I cannot believe just the blatancy of the lies that they're spreading about what's really happening on both sides. I'm not choosing one side or the other here. I'm certainly more conservative, but I would not call myself uh, a Republican necessarily. I'm definitely not in the liberalism communism space because I've seen what that does to society and the family and to people. I, but here's where I am. I'm in kingdom. And so millennials, let me speak to you for a minute. You've aggressively gone towards liberalism and, and communism. Even a couple of my own children, just anti-men, anti-everything, uh, because you've been so hurt. The fathers haven't been there to love you. The fathers haven't been there to guide you and teach you and learn from you. The fathers have abandoned. So it created fatherlessness. Even if you had a good dad, it can affect you. Right. And so what you've run to is trying to fix it, trying to get into comfortable, trying to have an answer somewhere. So we run to government for that answer. And government wasn't supposed to be that answer. Government was never supposed to be in that role. And what that creates is a whole other vacuum that destroys family. I can promise you there's an agenda right now out there to destroy family. And what's cool is that all God cares about is getting his family back. Read the story of the prodigal son, which it wasn't really actually ever called that. We called it that. But the father just waited 
and waited, broke the law over and over. Jesus broke every law he could by telling these stories because he loved to tick the religious off, right? But the father waited a well-worn path, waiting to see his son. And he ran down the driveway to his son. That's who the father is. When we get stuck in having the government fix everything for us and, and, and we just want our school education paid for and everything paid for and because our parents didn't really want to deal with us, so they just coddled us. And spoiled us, but they mostly coddled us. They just didn't want us to feel pain or, or be hurt. And so we think the government's going to do that for us. So I understand why the millennial, millennial generation is running to this form of political atmosphere. I get it. it I'm not saying it, so I'm not endorsing it, but I get it. And then we have the Gen Z, 23, 24 and younger. They're looking at all of this. They've seen their big brothers and sisters really blow it a few times. They've, they've, they've watched their parents get divorced, get remarried, get divorced, be addicted to medical stuff, be addicted to porn. And they're going, man, I'm just sick of all of it. Can I just get some truth? Can I get some reality? And I really do believe they're going to be a generation that comes alive like we've never seen. I believe this with all my heart. Not that the millennials won't, not that Xers, my generation won't, not that boomers don't still have a huge role. It's why we're doing reimagined retirement. We think retirements because we're trying to call the boomer generation out to understand this message that, yeah, we missed it. Yeah. I completely, totally live for myself, completely abandoned things. And I need a second go around. I need a second chance here. And as the younger generation, we need to say, yes, absolutely. You, you get that. You get a 50th chance. Let's do this thing well together. Now, let me, let me just address one other thing. These new prophets, I don't know if you've read all this stuff or heard all this stuff. If you're in Christian circles, you could not have missed it. Some very big names. Everybody calls themselves prophets these days, uh, which is a little crazy to me. Um, you've got big names that are, some of them have repented for, for saying that Trump was coming in and some are not repenting and still believing somehow they heard God right. It's gonna, that's not the role of a prophet, a new covenant prophet. So old covenant prophets, this is great from Ted Hansen. Ted Hansen has a fabulous teaching on this. Old covenant prophets prophesied from good and evil, right? From the, that, that tree of knowledge, right? So Elijah walks up to the king and says, it's not going to rain for three years. And it didn't rain. And oh, by the way, if the Old Testament proverb prophets got it wrong, they were killed. <laughs> so, so they were a little bit more careful and they had to do some crazy, crazy ass things, lay on their size and he done all these things. New covenant prophets, it's really clear, okay? In Ephesians, we are to serve the body of Christ, to empower, encourage, and comfort the body of Christ, to be peacemakers. 1 Corinthians 14 defines it really clearly, why we all need to prophesy, but also what prophets do. They encourage, strengthen, and they comfort the body of Christ. And then it's real clear in Ephesians 4, what our role is in those office gifts. Our, those office gifts are not to go prophesy that this guy's going to be president or this guy isn't or this person's evil and this person isn't. It's to actually serve other prophets. It's actually to serve the body of Christ, to strengthen them, make them better with the whole goal to getting us to unity. Right now, we're seeing division. We're seeing uh, the, the church is the worst at it right now. Why do you think, guys, the, the younger generations don't want to go to your churches anymore? It's pathetic. Can I just be honest? 
the way that we've set this up in our system and the way we've institutionalized it, the way we built it out of fear, that fear base, the way we've, we've not discipled, right? So that's the vacuum. That's the fallout that we're seeing right now. And all the father's doing, because this is the best time ever to be alive. There's stuff happen with artificial intelligence. It's scary. Yes. Also incredible and amazing when we get to use it right. There's stuff happening with social media. Guys, look, Facebook is not the devil. It's not the Antichrist. Trust me. Antichrist is a spirit, not a person, by the way. It is a tool that when used properly can bless and heal and bring life to people. I try to use it to encourage people, to strengthen people, and to comfort people. I get to stay connected to people through Facebook all over the world. Missionaries and friends that I have all over the world, I can stay connected on Facebook. I know what I know what's happening in their life. Instagram, Twitter, same thing, right? I love it. I, I have to have it to market our coaching services, uh, G42, our leadership school. You know, we we use those platforms to to empower. And strengthen people, not to tear down and tear apart people. Right now, that's what it's being used for mostly. And I know a lot of my friends have left Facebook. That's fine. I love it. I, if I could, I might. <laughs> but it's a it's a big part of the way I do things uh, these days. It's not the pro, it's not the evil one. It's not the antichrist. The enemy is here to steal your joy. He's here to kill your family, and he's here to destroy everyone's life. He has no rules and he's got us eating out of the palm of his hand right now. He's like, I can't destroy America with a war because they're the most powerful nation that there ever was. I can't take them out this way or that way. So you know what? I know how to take people out. I've been doing this for a very long time. I'm just going to turn them on, on one another because if I can divide the house of America, it cannot stand. Now, uh, I'm a hopeful guy. I, I, I'm a hopeful eschatology in time guy. I believe we win this thing. I believe the harvest is the end of the age. I believe amazing things are coming to the planet. I know, and I know this with my whole heart. I believe I'm doubling down on our leadership school. I want to train young millennials. I want to train generation Z. I want to, I want to get into the faces of boomers and Xers. I want to live in this space of empowering, encouraging and comforting and calling everyone up to a level of being peacemakers, of being prophets, of being a true evangelist, not evangelizing people in fear, but evangelizing people into the love of Christ. Look, when you meet this man, Jesus, you want to give him your whole life, not just a part of you. Your heart begins to transform and you become something completely different. And then once in your transformation, you start to transform others because you can't help yourself but to give that transformation away. Right now, what we have is a fear-based gospel, a fear-based church who doesn't even want to share it. And now they're embarrassing the whole world the way they're acting. Prophets fighting prophets or self-declared prophets, all this stuff happening we don't get to look at it that way. We get to look at it as the father's taking the, the bandage off. He's ripping things off like this. And he's going, I want to see my church in its glory. I want to see my bride spotless. And this is the only way I'm going to get it there. Guys, it's happened over and over through history. I want to read a couple of quick things for you and we'll end. I'm going to continue down this path a little bit. But I, and, and if you're on our Patreon, on our video, I'll send you 10 verses that, that show you what I'm talking about as far as praying for our leaders, as far as just blessing them, not 
anti this leader or anti that leader. God's up to something that's much bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. I'm not getting in the way of that because it's not my role. My role is to love people really well, to, to make everything I look at and touch look like the Garden of Eden. It, I leave it better than I found it. My, my role is to make sure my family's healthy and strong and that others' families are healthy and strong. My role is not to degrade you because you like another politician or another church than I do. That's, that's not my position. Just because you are a white 60-year-old male doesn't make you the devil. Now, a lot of you have acted like that, like idiots, and you have abandoned your family and you have acted like the devil. That doesn't make you the devil, right? I get to bless you and pray for you and hope that you'll actually open the eyes of your heart. Ephesians 1.18, it says the eyes of your heart will be open so that you can see. And I want to read you a couple of things. <clears throat> so here's 1 Timothy. Love it. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, not just some not just the people in your political party, not just the people that you like on Facebook or Instagram. He said, I want you to pray. Now I urge you, that urge is a strong word there. It's the same word that he uses to go, go become a pro, go prophesy over people because God loves to speak to us. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. What does intercede mean? Just means spend time praying for them, thinking about them, right? Even good thoughts, Think on these things, on good things, right? But interceding means it takes it a little bit further, not just going, God, please bless Joe Biden. No, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for Joe's heart. I pray for his family. I pray, God, that he would encounter you in a radical way. That's intercession, okay? <clears throat> I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings, presidents, and all who are in authority, all that are in authority, Pelosi, Pence, they're in authority. Like it or not, we have put them in authority in America. My job is to not just pray for them, but to intercede for them, give thanks for them, pray for all of these people who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and Dignity, peaceful lives marked by godliness. What's godliness? Just doing right thing, just living life fully alive, right? Dignity. Do you think you're seeing dignity right now on our social media, on our media channels? Again, spewing falseness and lies like I, on always, like I've never seen ever before. I just, I have to shut it off. I can't watch it. It literally makes me feel depressed when I watch it. Let every person, here's Romans 13. I don't know what you do with this stuff. I've got some 40-year-old Christians in my life that declare themselves Christians and say these scriptures aren't true anymore. I don't know how you can just take one part of the Bible that works for you and throw out the rest. It's like a lot of these people who are saying that the Old Old Testament was all metaphorical, that it didn't happen. It wasn't literal, that Moses didn't exist. And I, I just I just don't get to go there. I can't see that. I know it's metaphorical. I can use the stories and make my life better because of them. And I also know that most of it's literal and I can literally see how people lived and study history and learn from that so that we don't repeat that as a whole, not just me individually, but us. Okay. That makes sense. <clears throat> Let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist 
have been instituted by God. What does he say? That's Romans 13.1. He said, those that are in authority right now have been instituted or placed there by God. He knows what he's doing, guys. He's not panicked. I don't know if you're full of fear today, if you have no peace, if anxiety and depression are ruling your life. If they are, you bought into a lie and you've not been told the truth. I'm telling you the truth right now. This could save you 10 years of your life if you listen to me. I promise you. <clears throat> so these prophets that have been prophesying, now they're fighting one another, right? Let me just read this to you. I want you to get this. I, one of my buddies, I know really well, he traveled with me in the 90s, just came out and repented. But he prophesied that Trump would be president. They gathered all of these prophets that I know really well. A lot of them are from Colorado Springs here. They gathered them all right before COVID and not one of them prophesied COVID. And again, I'm not anti that. I'm not against that. I, I, they didn't see it. That's fine. Unanimously, from what I understand, they all prophesied that Trump would be president again. It's not their job. That's why they didn't see it. That's why they missed it. That's not why they're on the planet. They're on the planet to serve one another, to love one another, to make one another successful instead of trying to make themselves successful and cool by having some cool word that's going to sell more books for them or more listeners on their podcast. I, again, critical. Uh, okay. Uh, please forgive me. I, I'm very frustrated with the church right now. I'm very frustrated with a lot, a lot of the way these people are living. It's driving people away from healing and health and wholeness and transformation. Nobody's running to the church right now because it's a mess and it's okay. It's, it's all in the plan here. We're going to be okay. I promise you, but it's up to you and I to encourage and strengthen and comfort. It's not on everybody else to do that. It's on you and I old covenant prophets point people to the knowledge of good and evil. New covenant prophets point people to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside their hearts. Okay. Wisdom and understanding are in your heart. Old covenant heart, evil, Jeremiah 17, wicked. New covenant heart, Hebrews 10, cleansed. Jesus scrubbed it, washed my heart. It's clean. He says he puts eternity there. He puts wisdom and understanding there. He puts 870 times he talks about the heart. We've taught you Hebrews 4. I, I know I've talked about this before. Body, soul, spirit. Not true. Body, soul, spirit, heart. And it's not division. You'll read division in like the New Living Translation. He's talking that division word means he's unifying those so that your soul comes fully alive. Your spirit, man, dictates and you live from that through your heart, not your head. When we get stuck in our head, we can't sleep. We can't eat. We're full of anxiety and depression. And we make agreement with anxiety. We become anxious. We invite a, a demonic spirit to come and attach itself. So we have to break those agreements and we have to get into our hearts and live from our hearts and through our hearts. We ask Jesus Christ to come and live in our hearts. Not just that. We ask him to come and live through our hearts with everyone that we touch. I want to make everyone I touch better than when I found them. <clears throat> the older generation didn't get discipleship. The message that they were imparted was fear-based. Their gospel is full of narcissism and fear. Our businesses are the same opulence and how much can I obtain? How much can I get? I want more and more and more. And it's left this vacuum of fatherlessness that's destroying our country 
And again, we're bouncing back from it. And, and we've got generations that are saying yes to it. I'm doubling down on the generations, guys. I'm doubling down on training people in the fear of the Lord. I'm doubling down on giving people entrepreneurial spirit that go and create life, create companies that bring life, that, that create life everywhere that they go. I'm doubling down. I'm giving my life to it. I hope you're going to join me. If you're not going to come out and do it with me, will you support us? I need you to give to us monthly. We lost a big, big piece of our income this year because of COVID and we need to make up a ton of money. And so if you're interested in talking about that, please let me know. It's a tax write-off through our foundation here at New Horizons. It's brilliant. All right. Good plug for the Black Tribe right there. And I just want, I want to, I want to say this, Generation Z, so those guys, 22, 23 and younger, right? They're sick and tired of all of that's been going on. They're sick and tired of watching their brothers and sisters kill themselves. They're sick and tired of watching their parents get divorced. They're sick and tired of seeing a kind of a fake religious church that's so caught up in their theology and, and being right that they've missed loving people really well. And I believe that if we can kind of shift the turn, it's going to take us a while. But if we can agree together and just start to shift the way this thing is going, love each other, don't go to the building. We don't go to church. We go from church. Start building not community for community's sake. Okay. The generation can worship community a little bit too much. I want to build family. All right? I want my doors open. I want young people coming over. I want older people coming over. I want to share life with one another. Right. And then I want Lisa and I to break away and be alone and contemplate and be together Right. I want that that full flow of life happening. And I, and I don't get caught up in the pressure of the politics. It's not my not my issue, not my job. I'm in this world. I'm going to make this world better. I don't I, who's president, and who's not president. It's a it's a big deal as far as policies and company. I get all of that. I've got buddies that are selling the companies. They had to before the end of the year because the tax laws are going to change now in a radical way. They would have just lost millions. They could have given it, which I would have taken it. Uh, we need it for the kids. But um yeah. So I, I get all of that. I've been in business and I've been in ministry my whole life. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we have a king. He's on a throne. He's in our hearts. He's here with us on earth. He's right beside me. And when I'm standing in the line on a Tuesday at Target, which I hate Target, but my wife loves it. I'm the church. When I'm Wednesday night and my daughter's daughter brings a bunch of her friends over, guess what? Holy Spirit shows up and prophecy happens and God happens. When I speak, life happens. That's the New Testament prophet, right? When I speak, life happens. When God speaks, life happens, right? I want to speak and see life happen. When I'm uh, on Monday and I'm waiting at getting my oil changed, I'm the church. That person's life could literally be transformed if I just love them. Not try to preach to them that they're going to hell, but just listen. Actually, just shut up, listen to their hearts, let your heart listen to their heart and bring life to that situation, right? Building community and life together like that is what's going to shift this tide and discipleship. Once you say yes, once you want more of this, I'm going to give you my time. Now, I don't have much time. We have our coaching just for this, right? If you really want to invest and you really want to know what kingdom life looks like, I'm here to do that with you. Lisa's here to do that with you. There's lots of people doing this. But discipleship is going to be the key that shifts all that's happening in the world. So let me pray for you. There's no reason to fear. Whatever happens today with an impeachment, not impeachment, whatever happens with the new policies coming in, old policies, 
look, man, read history, watch what history's done. We're still here, bitches. My wife wants that tattoo, right? She won't get it, but that's it. We're still here. We're still thriving. And guess what? We have a responsibility to impart the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man, not the fear of politics. The fear of the Lord is this cool thing that extends your life. The fear of the Lord brings prosperity. The fear, I can show you all this. Go listen to my teaching on it. It's incredible. When I want to honor God, when I want to just honor him with my life, and there's that healthy fear in me, like I put into my own kids, guess what? I'm held accountable. I'm living a full life and things just work around me and things work for other people around me because it's not about me. It's about us. Life is hard. It's never going to change. It's going to get harder. Life is hard. Guess what? Life is not about you, right? At all. But you get to be all about life if you listen to this. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you. Love this. Can't wait to dive into it more. Don't crucify me. I know some of you don't agree with some of what I've said, maybe a lot of what I said. What I would love for you to do is just send any of your questions, any of your comments uh, to GaryLisaBlack.com. Um, you can ask us anything. You can, you can ask us if we can do some podcasts on certain subjects. If you're our Patreon people, please send it out and share it. You're seeing it on video. Uh, we, just, we need more people just to come alongside of us so that we can continue doing what we're doing financially. And again, I can't wait to get more of these out, especially with my incredible bride, Lisa Black. God bless you. Have an incredible rest of your day.